Hey, sports fans, Adam Carolla here. I want to tell you about my new daily sports show, All Balls, All Sports. Join me and my co-host, comedian sports expert Jeff Cesario, five days a week as we get into the daily news from the world of sports and gambling. From NFL and NBA game action to off-the-field shenanigans, there's no sports topic too hot for All Balls, All Sports. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and find us at podcastone.com. Want to tell you guys about Monkey Knife Fight, which is props, but on a whole new level. MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can play props, but in games, and it's way more fun. So you go to PFF.com, you can learn about which props to bet on, then you go to MonkeyKnifeFight.com and just have a ton of fun. Here's the best part. If you deposit 20 bucks at Monkey Knife Fight and use the promo code PFF, you get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. So that's 40 bucks, and you get it for just 20 It's a really good deal. Go to monkeyknifefight.com and make it happen. I promise you, you will get a ton of enjoyment out of it. You will thank me later. All righty. We are almost, it's going to be October 1st when you're listening to this, um, most likely. This is the PFF forecast. We have a really fun episode uh, in store for you today. We're going to talk, of course, about the game that is being postponed and um i don't know we're probably going to get some news while this is happening so we'll try and keep that as current as possible we're going to do the lock of the week and then we have a fun interview so we're going to pick up um you know this summer we did a bunch of interviews we're going to try to do some more as we go through the season and we're going to start off with a little uh pod on pod communication little conversation here with the deep dive pod guys so it uh it'll be a lot of fun but uh let's rock Right, it's just me and you to start because mm-hmm. we need to hash out the lock. We have to. We have business to attend. We to. have business to attend to. We have a record on the line here. We're three and zero to start the season, um, and we need to keep it rolling. And um, we also have we also have this situation where, like, the Titans and Steelers are get, getting postponed. The game's getting postponed. What are your immediate thoughts on that? Uh, well, I think it's the best, you know, I think it's probably the best outcome we could have imagined. Um, I know Brad Spielbarger, our cap guy, was saying, you know, they could move the Ravens Steelers game to a different week to accommodate all the buys and stuff. Um, but I, I, I would just assume you get this game out of the way because there's obviously knockoff effects that mm-hmm. you can have later on. Um, if they do play on Tuesday, it would be the second NFL game that's been played on a Tuesday. Um, I have some trend zones Uh-oh. for you here. Please feed me. I'm hungry. The Vikings played. This is the 2010. This is the year that I stopped being a Vikings fan, basically, because oh no, in the in the week after the dome collapsed, um, they they postponed to Monday Night Football, played the Giants in Ford Field in Detroit, mm-hmm. and then the following week they had a game in Philadelphia that was so snowy they moved it to Tuesday. So I believe it was Alan Chris on Tuesday Night Football. Um, Philadelphia Eagles were 14 and a half point favorites. They were starting Michael Vick, who is having an MVP like season. The Vikings, fresh off of Brett Favre basically dying on the TCF Bank field the previous week, started Joe Webb. 
and they were 14 and a half point underdogs. And the Vikings won outright, four, 24 to 14. So two touchdown underdogs on Tuesday Night Football are not only 1-0 ATS, but they're 1-0 straight up. That's the trend zone. Have never lost. Have never lost. So underdogs on Tuesday Night Football have never lost. The under hit in that game, under 44 and a half. So unders are undefeated in Tuesday Night Football. Um, what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. So that's the trend zone for today's pod. That's fantastic. My take on this is that if you can't play the game Tuesday, that you need to, you have to have some sort of punishment. We talked about this with Chris when he was on. There has to be some punishment for being an idiot. Like you can't just say, hey, you guys, you know, got coronavirus, you were reckless, whatever it was. Maybe you got on an accident, but whatever. You can't, you just don't get to play the game at some other later date, right? Um, the, the Titans, in my opinion, should be forced to forfeit the game if they can't play it. Now, I'm not saying that they should. I'm saying the first recourse would be, hey, go get some practice squad players to play. Yeah. You know? Um, but to me, there has to be a, a line drawn or else you're going to have guys going, oh, look, look, they got in, didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was pretty, I mean, other than Clay Travis living in Tennessee, there was a number of reasons why it was going to be Tennessee. Remember Isaiah Wilson, like got, a, he, mm -hmm. he got caught at, you know, he and Darius and Evans were at a party. There are videos everywhere of what Nashville looks like. And, and Isaiah Wilson also, you know, got a DUI. Like they, they, they've been, and I think like as a positive person, I view this as a, as a possible positive thing mm -hmm. in the sense that like this is a wake-up call i mean everybody's been stroking the league for months saying oh look mm. it worked every you know all this hard work is paying off and you know we had this scare with all those positive tests out of that one lab but for the most and then we had uh, aj terrell for the the atlanta falcons that could probably used him the other day and you know but this is the first real thing that's impacted games um other than preseason games and i think from a, a it probably re uh, centers everybody and says, look, like if you want to have a season, you actually have to follow this stuff. If you don't want to have to play on freaking Tuesday night football, you're going to have to, uh, you know, center yourself here. Um, but of course the NFL, you know, I, 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 it was going to be funny if they didn't practice all week and had to play on Sunday, at least they'll get some practice in. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I wonder what happens to my Pittsburgh plus one and a half bet. That's now minus two. Uh, that we talked about on the forecast on Monday morning. All right. Why don't we get started with the lock of the week? Okay. Um, there were a couple that we talked about on, on the Sunday night pod where I'm not sure there's as much value as we'd initially hoped. But um, I do want to start off. I'll start off with one. And this is – I'm just curious to get your take on it because um, – so it's Lions Saints – over 54 and I actually initially hated this idea I thought it was an under game I was like oh maybe we'll get an under but our model kind of likes it and the more I think about it defense just defenses just aren't you know they're at the mercy of the offenses in these games the New Orleans Saints playing on the road it's not really going to matter it's inside there's going to be no fans um Drew Brees definitely looked better than he did a couple weeks ago against the Green Bay Packers they put up some points and if you're telling me that the Detroit Lions are the team that slows down Alvin Kamara you are out of your mind I was told though that due to their senior bowl prowess that Jelani Tavai and Gerard Davis were two of the young best yeah. young up-and-coming linebackers in the NFL yeah, I, yeah. was I led astray by that I think, comment I think you were bamboozled I was bamboozled anyways what are your thoughts on that eh, 
The Saints defense is better than they've oh. shown the first couple weeks. Um, but I don't hate it. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Detroit, with another week of Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson made some plays the other day. Jesse James made some plays the other day. My concern, concerned, is that Adrian Peterson is going to get 20 carries. Oh, and, and And do you want to lose an under? How because, much would that tilt me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fine. Let's, let's Matt move Patricia on. over is just like it's not something I'm really. I get all it. That keen I on. get it. Okay, give me one. Okay, this is look. The Baltimore Ravens laying 13 in Washington. Okay, here's the thing. You it was 14 earlier this week. You mm-hmm. it um we saw the, how the Ravens did the other night poorly. Washington, you know, Washington's finally home after two games on the road after winning at home in week one. The Ravens are the king of non-Super Bowl Super Bowls. And I feel like this is like a game. I think I think the Ravens hang 50 on the Washington football team. No Chase Young. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson out to prove that the other day was a fluke. All that kind of stuff. I, I know it's squarish to lay the points there, but like... No. And I love it. I, I my mo- our, our model likes it. And and, and let here- me tell you why I love it. Do you remember a couple seasons ago when maybe it was three seasons ago? Oh yeah, the the Miami the Miami New England game. Yeah. Everyone's like, ah, oh, you can't take fourteen point favorites. It's like, why? Yeah, yeah. You can do whatever. The- this is exactly. This is the the perfect spot. The Washington football team is so bad. Dwayne Haskins. I think they're bad concentrated at one point. Well, they're so bad at the point where the Ravens can really take advantage. Like, the, for every reason that the Chiefs beat them is the same reason why the Reds, the football team is going to struggle, which is that when you blitz 55% of the time, Dwayne Haskins is going to throw four And your corners are good enough to make the quarterback pat the ball. When it's Pat Mahomes, it's a different thing. It's a different thing. Than when, it's- when Tyreek Hill, Mecole Hardman, Travis Kelsey are running routes versus Sammy Watkins underneath, by the way. <laughs> versus Terry McLaurin and just no one else. The, um, I the, do like this quite a bit. The The other thing is, is the Ravens are pretty healthy. Um, you know, I mean, they were embarrassed. Like they, uh, Here's the other. Let me tell you one other point that I really like. John Harbaugh was not himself in that game. Right. And to me, he is the type of guy that goes back, learns from it, and that and was the only thing coach. about that game that I was fundamentally worried because here's the thing. Kansas City's the best team in the NFL and they were going into that game anyway, right? Like they, um, let's let the records show. You're that, a Seattle guy. No, let the record show that I was the one who said Kansas City was still the best team in the NFL. And you put the Baltimore Ravens at number one. I, I did. I was the one that wanted to take Kansas City as the lock of the week. And for your emotional hedging, I allowed us not to. I now, just want I just want that. To I be did drive to another state to to <laughs> lay more on Kansas City. But you're right. No, 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 no. You're right. But the the thing about Kansas City Baltimore is so we have Kansas City. If you go to if you get a PFF Edge subscription, you go to our power rankings tool. We have Kansas City as two point eight points better than the Ravens. I think that that raw power number is enhanced by the matchup. Hmm. The The Chiefs are the only team, I feel like, that can exploit a defense the way, um, you know, maybe maybe Seattle could, but can exploit that Ravens defense, uh, a defense that not only rushes a ton of players but makes you hold on to the football because coverage is so good. Washington's not that team. We have Washington as, you know, four points worse than the average team. 
Um, you know, home field advantage here is going to be, I think, you know, you got in trouble a little bit for saying literally nothing. I think here with the geographical, the, the travel is really what... When did I get in trouble for that? The, the Chiefs Chargers one. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I think this one this, is... Oh, that game did not <laughs> go wrong because, because of the home field. Right. Get out of here. But I think in this case, it's it's almost literally nothing because the geography is, is nothing. And then the fans, even if Washington had fans, it would almost always be Ravens fans because mm-hmm. currently no one goes to their games. So you have a lot going here that I think a normal handicap is just going to be like, you know, it, it, you, you sort of throw them out and... The Ravens are, again, a team like they're the team that I worry about getting backdoored less than anybody, right? Um, so that's my choice. You know, I, I like that game the most out of all of them. Okay. I do very much like that game. I will give you uh, my best um, my best rebuttal to that. And that is my New England Patriots. Yeah, Cameron. Let my Cameron go. Mr. Cameron Newton and the New England Patriots in Kansas City as seven-point underdogs. Now, Kansas City came out. They stomped all over the Baltimore Ravens. I understand why you'd be worried about them. But the New England Patriots provide something that I think the Baltimore Ravens don't, which is Bill Belichick and his ability to scheme a defense a little bit better than I think just about anyone in the NFL. And Cam Newton, who is throwing the ball really darn well. And um, seven points is just a, a, a share too many. I think New England keeps this one close. I I got New England at plus seven and a half on the pre-flop, you know, early week. Not pre-flop, but uh, look ahead. I was expecting to be vindicated on this because on Monday – you were like, hey, you know, I like this play. And I'm like, oh, I don't think we should write it up. I think it gets to seven and a half because I think the Chiefs are going to be better than what we expect. They were. And it isn't. It's still seven, I know. And and, and it was interesting. I was on a, a pod with Rufus Peabody, who was on uh, Kevin's pod the other day. And he was saying, look, there's no downside to liking New England now because the Chiefs can get blown out by the Ravens. And this is going to get to six and a half. And there's not a whole lot the Chiefs can do. And I, I sort of like came around to that opinion but then when i saw how well the chiefs played against the ravens i thought okay this could get out to seven and a half it hasn't gotten there do you think it does because that'd be that would be my pushback here is i think you could almost get a better number well it is juiced a little bit on some um on at some books the books that we used to know <laughs> books that we used to know um plus seven's minus 120 yeah so, so it's you can lay the points yeah. Whereas what is um, uh, Ravens minus 13 against football team is minus 110. So yeah. it's, it's basically the true number there. So I, I don't know, man. I have a lot of faith in what Cam Newton and the Patriots are doing right now. And um, I don't think it gets to seven and a half. No, in fact, it probably gets to six and a half before it gets to seven and a half, which it, which baffles me. I, I, as a square Chiefs fan, almost would bet the six and a half um, because I, you know, I, I, my issue is, so here's the thing with New England that, that I struggle with. New England, um, over 50% of their air yards go to one guy. And 
like it's similar in the fact that like you know the ravens have a similarly concentrated passing game right actually mm-hmm. less more so right because the you know they had An- andrews who the chiefs neutralized pretty well and marquise brown who they neutralized otherwise it's willie sneed who i know some people think is valuable but it really isn't and then uh, miles boykin and you know where where's new england gonna go if tyron matthew locks down edelman in the slot where do they go I mean, who's covering outside? Well, they have Ward, who came back. Legereus Need broke his collarbone, so that's a, a struggle. But then... Trevarius, so Trevarius Ward is your guy. Yeah, he's a good corner. Yeah. I mean, who, but who is he? I'm not worried about defenses in today's NFL. Yeah, but who's New England... Who, who is New England going to throw to? Like, the, I agree. Julian that, Edelman. Okay, but, but that... Are they going to shadow him with... But that took a secondary that lost Marquise Blair mid-game, lost Quandre Diggs to a suspend... You know, they kicked him out of the game in the first quarter. Seattle's defense is, like, fundamentally worse than the Chiefs. Mike. You don't think so? Who I'm, rushes the passer for Seattle? Me? Sure, doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you that defense matters less this year, for sure. And... But are you are 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 you worried that we're looking at two teams at the top of their market, and the Chiefs? I feel like the Chiefs are a little bit a little bit more a little bit less repelled to the top of their market than New England with Cam. A lot of good stuff going on at PFF. Uh, obviously, PFF.com, all the content you could possibly want, whether it's props, start, sit, fantasy projections, uh, fantasy rankings, the betting dashboards, everything is right there. So both Edge and Elite are great deals for you. But I got to tell you about something that is free that you want to check out, and that's the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Every single morning, you're going to get 15 to 20 minutes of what you need to know that day, whether it's to bet on a college game that night, whether it's to take advantage of a couple of line moves uh, for Sunday, and it's got a rotating set of hosts. So yes, you'll get to hear my voice, but you don't have to hear it that often. You're going to get Eric, you're going to get Ben Brown, Kevin Cole, even Austin Gale makes an appearance. Uh, New PFF member Lee Sharp is on there giving his very sharp takes and analysis. So the PFF betting daily, sorry, PFF daily betting podcast, it's a mouthful, is available on Apple and wherever else you get your podcasts. Go subscribe, listen, and be a smarter, better. Cam is a far more volatile player than Mahomes in in good ways and bad ways, but hasn't been this year. Yeah, but that's my point. It's like, I'm wondering, are you buying? Because the fact of the matter is Kansas City blew out what most people thought was the best team in the NFL Monday. And the number didn't move at all, which shows a ton of respect on the side of New England. Do you want to buy into that further than, let's say, the Ravens, who lost a point in the point spread to, or at least a half a point, in the point spread to the Washington football team Washington, of, Washington. of Landover, Maryland? Like, I don't think so. I, I, I'm just saying I understand why you don't want to bet for or against your Chiefs. Maybe we should just take Chiefs games off of... I... <laughs> well, look, last week the Detroit Lions play was perfect, don't you think? Yeah. Because it was a game where everybody, you know, I was just on Ross's podcast. He's like, there's no way I'm 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 fading Arizona at this at this rate. They're they're amazing. And it's like, well, no, no, no team is ever this good or this bad. And I think the same thing's kind of like but when you have the Chiefs and New England, I feel like what would you have made the spread in week one? 
not knowing anything about the Patriots at that point, probably eight and a half. And do you and and I agree with you that Newton's probably been worth a point and a half increase. Not only, but we had a decent prior on him. I think here's the thing. I think if I had made if I I think if I were making this line, what did I guess on Sunday? Six. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like overly excited about it. It's also at seven. Probably gets six and a half, and I don't want to give our beautiful listeners. Yeah, you don't something. want to ha- have them betting into plus one twenty. I don't. Um, I don't like to do that. Okay, let's let's run through a couple more before okay. we have Drew and Andy on here. Um, give me another one. Okay. Um, Your Jags not making it. I know. Well, we have them at three and a half early week. We also got good movement, by the way, if you listen to our Monday show. We got good movement on San Francisco, mm-hmm. a full point. Mm-hmm. We got a full point on the Packers as well of value. We got a half a point on Buffalo. Those have gobbled up or even moved in the opposite direction because they, they went through key numbers. Um, You're welcome. What about Cleveland plus four and a half? Okay. So didn't we talk? We talked about this on, on Sunday night, which is like the Cowboys – are getting all this shit for not running the ball with Zeke. Of course not. They were down. They were losing. You're going to throw the ball. But do they react to that? I want to believe that Mike McCarthy doesn't. They go out and blow the Browns' doors off. The Cowboys, to me, have played some solid te- Ah, the Falcons. I don't know. And, and so now I'm coming back to the Browns, who are who are just going to run the daylights out of the ball in this game. Well, but they might have enough. Like So that game that they played against Washington football team went over. We had, they, we should, they should have lost that game. Yeah. Well, here's here's my take. And again, I, I want to get into the nitty gritty of the betting here. When the when the when the spread's four and a half, but the total's fifty five and a half. If you're making an against the spread play, I think you're doing it wrong. I I think if you're gonna if you're gonna back Cleveland in this game, and I this I'm probably showing my hand that this is not the pick of the week. Just take the 185 money line because the the number of games that land on three or four in a spread of 55 and a half is totally, yeah. is less. Yeah, I mean, and so you're not getting as much value as you think you are. If you think that the if you think that the the, the Browns are undervalued here, then just take the money line and 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 deal with the variance because this is a this is a league. I mean, we've seen it. Look, we were on last week. We had we were on Carolina, we were on Cincinnati, we were on Detroit, we were on Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of the other uh, the other one, and we were on the uh, the Jets. Mm-hmm. The games that we won, the team either won out. Oh, and the Bears eventually at three and a half, four. The games that we won on dogs, they won outright because you know those games like if you're watching that Chicago Atlanta game and that game's that game's sitting on 3 for like the last 4 minutes of the game and then what Nick Foles throws a touchdown pass like there's so much variance in those games that those points are less meaningful Carolina wins outright Detroit wins outright Houston which was a great bet they're up by 1 covering the number and what happens I am very well There's aware. a touchdown at the end of the game and a two point conversion that that, well that clinches that disaster. game I think the same thing's true here. I don't like Houston. Cleveland necessarily as much as our model does, but if I did, and I'm going to bet the money line, I would bet the money line here plus 185. Okay. I have one more. Okay. Because I like Houston as well, uh, minus four against Minnesota, but I don't know. Our model doesn't love it. I, I'm. It, it's tough because it, it's a key, right? Yeah, like it goes over. Plus, there's also the uncertainty. Minnesota is not yeah. practicing okay. currently. So I'm going to give you one last one. 
this Monday night. Stop. <laughs> Don't do it. At Lambeau Field. This total's 58. A beaten man and his team of wounded warriors will walk in attempting to save their lives. Dan Quinn. And the, I can't even do this with a straight face. The Atlanta Falcons are Does Dan Quinn seven so, and a half points? I hate dogs. talking about this. He's be- made it. He's unkillable. Yeah, he's he's got nine lives. More um, than that. And Julio, I'm guessing, is going to play in this game. Um, the Packers are at the very top of the market at seven and a half. Matt Ryan is still, you know, a very good quarterback. Um, <laughs> how revolted are you by the idea of, of waiting all the way to Monday night and having the lock of the week be the Atlanta Falcons covering? Where do we have Atlanta? We have Atlanta as three points worse than the average team. We have Green Bay at four and a half. So, you know, if you just do straight, but we like Atlanta's got some pieces on offense, man. Like the Packers defense sucks. I don't get this. And never mind. I I like I like the fact that I have Green Bay minus six and a half. Our number is six point nine. So seven and a half does show a ton of value because there's a lot of games that land on seven, especially games that are line seven or seven and a half. Kitchen sink. But the Packers but, just beat the Saints on Sunday. But there, it's like my kitchen sink, though. Like I, you know, like the the utensils are old and creaky, and like no one, no, dude, you can't do this because the the total. It's a great bet. The total's fifty eight too. It's though. a great bet. Look, I will probably look. I will probably have Looking a to heaven right now. I will probably have an Atlanta plus two eighty money line ticket by the time it gets to Monday. But Monday is totally about props. Okay. I don't like Monday. Saturdays are for the boys. Sundays for the NFL. What is going on? And Mondays are for props. Are you drunk? And Mondays are for props. All right. Okay. Let's go. Let's go with the Ravens. Uh, Minus 13, basically at home in Washington. Um, Getting getting right. Getting back on track. I'm here for it. I love rooting for Lamar Jackson. It was tough. It was actually. It It was even hard for me, a Chiefs fan, to watch. For the first five minutes of the game it was also hard and then I realized that they were going to kick field goals and Patrick Mahomes was going to throw lasers and then all of a sudden lasers it became a lot easier okay that is the lock of the week and now we are going to get to our guests who are uh from the whale capper pod I think I'm saying this right so it's you, correct me if I'm wrong I'm terrible with pronunciations despite the fact that my name mm-hmm. is is a terrible name to pronounce Drew Dinzik and Andy Molitor Molitor, a, a, a famous Minnesotan, Paul Molitor. You know, I mean, Hall whatever. of Fame baseball player. Whatever people butcher my name all the time. Yeah, no, you, 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 you get. Uh, I think a mulligan just because of the abuse you take with your name. People just look at my name and go, "George, is that you?" All righty, it is. We have decided the perfect matchup of podcasts because I'm from California. Eric is from Minnesota. And we have with us the Whale Capper Pod, which also has a representative from the great state of California and the meh, state. The backwaters of Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is Drew Dinsick and Andy Molitor. Guys, this is – so if you're listening to this, you can't see. If you were watching this on YouTube, you will note that I am being trolled. just fucking trolled to an – unfair level here because Drew just has the California sun in the background. <laughs> Fuck. 
fuck. I knew I knew you. God damn it. George George well, is George is especially complimentary of the the city of Cincinnati. And not only that, but you're not only you get to go to see your girlfriend in DC, which is even better. A, a stone's throw from hell. So so th- th- this will be great. Like literally seven blocks from the White House. Anyways, um, guys, thank you for coming on. How are you guys doing? Oh, this is this is an honor. Absolutely this love is, your guys' pod. This is going to be a tour de force. This is uh, uh, this is more handicapping brain power on one pod than I think they've ever assembled. Would you agree, Andy? Yeah, this is this is something. This is like this is like <laughs> this is like one of the later Marvel movies where they just bring too many characters in. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a good point. I mean, we've had a bunch of NFL guests, you know, especially this offseason, but we haven't had. You know, people who like, like, honestly, like I, I always, every single week when I'm looking, okay, did we make good picks this week? I'm always on Drew's like Twitter looking at that, you know, that cool, like graphic you make about what picks you're on. And it, and if I'm like against you on more than like a couple picks, I'm, I'm, I'm texting George being like, well, we're fucked, you know? So <laughs> I do, I look at that too. And I just, I didn't know that graphic design was also your passion in addition to handicapping. It was the easiest way to distinguish myself among the uh, among the um, the mess that is gambling Twitter. Oh my you know, God. everybody else just you know with the emojis and the you know the doll you know the uh, the the fanfare. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an easy way to kind of set yourself apart. But um, I gotta say, there's not a lot of podcasts out there that really do a good job of kind of marrying the analytics side of football with um, you know kind of decent market analysis which is really what is at the fundamental of being Mm -hmm. a good handicapper and you guys do it exceptionally well and kind of in the same kind of complimentary tone we record our pods on sunday and wednesday which you guys do too and i'm literally the first thing i do when you know when i wake up the next day is listen to what you guys have to say to see if you know where we are in agreement where we are uh you know where we're against each other and i think in general through the 2020 season um it's been pretty lockstep uh, and, uh, you know, I remember for sure I was kind of waffling on, uh, do, I, do I take the Lions last week? Like, oh, this baby. is a terrible number. Like, it's going <laughs> to move, you know, like this is, you know, this is a good side. Tune into the pod and you got, yes, you're like, oh, better the week, Lions, Hammer. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a little bit of that. Like, it, that was, it was a very relevatory uh, uh, experience kind of hearing your take on these things. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it because, uh, you know, it's, if you are kind of stuck to your own process and too inside your own head on these sort of things, you're going to miss stuff. Uh, and, um, you know, the market reflects the opinions of hundreds and, you know, hundreds of influential betters and you're just one person. And if you stick to your priors too much and, you know, you don't take in, uh, more information, you're going to get washed. So it's, uh, it's great to have uh, a resource like the, uh, the PFF forecast and appreciate what you guys do. Eric, uh, likes to work out and watch games at the same time and so betting on the lions accomplishes that because the amount of sweat <laughs> that the perspiration on the office floor oh my God. after that game because so we did we just started um a pre-game show that we do live and uh i was like i teased one of the segments that we we're going to talk about the lions i go eric's favorite bet of the entire week is coming up so I'm expecting him to go, you know, Lions ATS, and he comes out with Lions money line, and I go, I immediately oh. just know, okay, here we go. <laughs> well, the number got to five and a half. Right. And I, you know, there no, was, it was great. It yeah. was great, but people, you know, people watching those shows also don't understand prices at all. Yeah. You know, so they they're just like, well, did it win or lose? It's like, listen, buddy, yeah. this is uh, it's not binary. Um, I I also, and not only do so, more to you guys' point, like I. Like I, one of the things that I like to you guys, you guys do multiple sports, which we don't do. And I've always found, you know, like, uh, sir, sir, 
the WNBA. I well, sure, but that's you know, I don't, yeah, I don't tweet those out. I'm, I, I don't was, have. This. I was going to say the same thing. You have some hot WNBA takes, scorching, absolutely scorching. Yeah, fifty percent of the, the Slack messages I get from you during the off season are WNBA. That, that's true, but yeah, but like during the pandemic, there was nothing to bet on. And Andy, I was so appreciative of the golf bets you were you were giving out um and they were hot you know you went you went from oh my goodness you went from an absolute flamer on on mid-major basketball and then you know the worst beat of the entire year was that ending and then we got what a couple months off and then we got golf again and i I really appreciate that because otherwise it would have just been me dming george about madden sims which we almost lost a friendship over it. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Holy shit. I, Thank you. I'm glad I never got into the Madden Sims, although I bet there was some edge. I'm, I'm sure there was edges to be had. I knew some people who were buying extra Xboxes to do extra Sims on uh, <laughs> MMA Sims because they had legitimately found edges. It was it was a wild time. There. That feels like 10 years ago when yeah, like yes. March Madness got canceled. Did people know that like you could go outside? Well, yeah, there was a virus out there. Yeah, there was. A, yeah, it was airborne. <laughs> oh my god! Well, All right, let's talk. Let's talk about. Um, let's, let's do some football here. Yeah, let's talk about the the yeah. the season here. We're three weeks in. What's a team um, that through three weeks that you absolutely nailed? Like you know, either collectively or you know, because me and George have disagreements and all. You know, I think we both have different teams. So yeah. I'm curious if you guys have different teams. Yeah. I mean, for sure, for I would have to say it's uh, the Vikings fade uh, largely oh, on the God, basis yeah. of the uh, you know the way that their secondary is playing. I didn't expect the offense to look as bad as it has, but I for sure had questions about uh, you know whether Kubiak still had a fastball for today's NFL, and you know even how that was going to manifest with uh, you know trying to integrate new new you know just too many you know they had a great draft bunch of good young players they got a bunch of players i thought they drafted in the right place even like it 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 overall felt like a good kind of um you know on the fly rehaul of talent but uh given that there was no offseason no preseason it was way too much to ask these guys to be super competitive out of the gate uh and they drew a tough schedule first three weeks you know the true playoff contenders with kind of coherent um you know coherent quarterback coaching schemes um, in uh, you know at least in in Tennessee and uh, and Green Bay and you know an up and coming uh, you know Indianapolis Colts team and it's so, so it was not a, a great uh, soft landing for a team that was integrating so many new pieces and just through the years uh, we've seen how difficult it is for w- rookie wide receivers rookie cornerbacks to make an impact on the field um, and you know you shorten the preseason the expectation that that was going to manifest as a problem uh, was probably where we were the most right what would you say Andy? Yeah, and I mean, amongst that too is we were just so cold on Zimmer um, over the years, especially even just the last few years, how we've kind of progressively started to hate defensive-minded head coaches more and more. Like it just Welcome. takes the perfect, the perfect mix of the rest of the coaching staff, and just like Zimmer, I placed some Zimmer to be first coach fired at wow. a decent number, just in in case Gase, if Gase, because of Gase, you know the Jets team, if Gase wins, they're not going to fire him, so Gase buys a stay of execution i think the falcons are not going to fire him so I, I think zimmer might end up being the first casualty i think i got 15 to 1 on that or 10 to 1 i'm not sure uh yeah that was a big I mean, part of it kubiak zimmer the whole staff and just the the turnover on defense great. we hated hated how that defense was looking. i don't i don't think we've ever had a team that we said like oh this isn't going to be a good team that has turned out this badly well do you think like the draft industrial complex as people call it mr naglers was was one of the reasons why because we had talked about for weeks like 
you know, the Packers are had a, a horrible draft. But how much is yeah. that actually going to affect this season? Not very much. Well, literally zero because those three guys played zero <laughs> yeah, Those snaps. guys don't play ever, right? <laughs> yes. Like they barely yes. dress in, in many there, cases. There's a team out east that's had terrible drafts for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I mean, they, yeah, the point. Patriots can't draft for shit. Yeah, and they, it doesn't matter, I guess. Right, and and you guys' point is such a good one. We found simultaneously that wide receiver and corner are two of the most valuable positions in football. But as Drew said, you can't you can't just expect Justin Jefferson to come in and be Stephon Diggs right away. Yeah. You know, you can't like Trey Wayne's was a disappointment as the 11th overall pick, but to replace him adequately with a bottom half of the first round or and a third round pick is a, a hill most Vikings fans thought was an easy climb that actually isn't. Having competent cornerback play is is tremendously important and difficult to achieve. And and the Viking it took Trey Wayne's three years to be that, even Fair what point. he was. And you know that the idea that the the betting markets were pricing the Vikings as the favorite in that division eventually was just I feel like a, a drastic overreaction to what happened in the draft. I, I couldn't agree yeah. more. And yeah. you haven't even mentioned the biggest reason why I would have faded or why we faded the Vikings as well, which is Kirk Cousins. Yeah. When has this guy ever elevated a group of other players to be better? God, that's a good point. Never. Like, when he was yeah. in Washington, he had a bunch of talented receivers and tight ends, a great offensive line, and they were good offensively. And Sean McVay. And I mean, Sean McVay. And they didn't even win. They just had a good offense, you yeah. know? Like, they just ran play action a lot. Um, yeah. Zimmer, so Zimmer 15 won to be fired. The Vikings are under, you know, four-point yeah. underdogs to the Texans. To me, this is the perfect matchup for the Texans. Yeah. I, you might be cashing that. Well, the, the Texans, the Texans, um, you know, this are is they a, playing the game? It sounds uh, that the report is the, Vi uh, Rick the Vikings Steel didn't Rick have a, a test, right? Well, the, the issue is is the delay, the latency there. It's probably you know two to two to five days. So currently, it's in a good place. But you know, their their uh, GM said that. Uh, uh, we're scheduled to get on a plane Saturday to play. So that's currently the thing. But you're right. I mean, think about Houston. This is the second year in the last three years that they've started 0-3. Um, the division's better now than it used to be. But mm -hmm. I, Houston doesn't think it's dead. Whereas I feel like if you're the Minnesota Vikings and you're staring up at two 3-0 and teams in your division, plus a Detroit team that might be as good as you, like you're probably – I mean, this is – yeah, they should just trade for Jameis and, and flame the season out because <laughs> you other love, you love that take because I mean, because there's nothing good for them to do. Like is the that, NFC is, is that so the, flat. Is that the team that you think you pegged the most correctly? Uh yes. The only reason I, I'm not saying Tennessee is that Tennessee hasn't covered a number yet. This yeah, season. but three I, but, and zero and zero and three. Yeah. yeah. Do you know that this is unprecedented? It's, it's to that, go three and zero and lose and lose against the spread in three straight games never happened before. Well, especially no. what's funny is that they're. It's not like they're laying thirteen every game and, fa and right. getting backdoored. They're laying. Yes, it's, <laughs> they're laying a point and a half against Denver or two and a half, and then a yeah. point oh, against Gostkowski Minnesota. Kind of that was there. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gostowski, uh. I mean. We got kind of both ends of the variance there, right? Because if Gostowski could kick a field goal in week one, we cover the number there. And if Gostowski can't kick a field goal in week three, they're probably trying to score a touchdown and might cover yeah. the one and a half against the Vikings. The Titans have become oh, the Falcons for me in the Super Contest, where it's like, okay, fuck, we're going to do this again? Yeah. I, <laughs> no. They, they won't win and, and not cover this week because now, I mean, Andy and I were talking about this on the Pinnacle show, but like we got Pittsburgh at what, one and a half plus one and a half, and now it's yeah. two. I think it's probably I think those closer might get to that. Canceled. 
Yeah, which that, sucks. that would suck. I did. Answer, somebody asked me about that. Maybe that's my team on the other end of the spectrum that mm-hmm. I I was most bullish on that I'm still happy about because I don't think we've fully seen the offense spread its wings yet. I think the Pittsburgh offense continues to get better, and you know that's a team I loved before the season. And somebody asked me like about getting those bets canceled, and I said if they play this like Monday or Tuesday and they reopen it at Pittsburgh minus three and Tennessee has practiced like once done like one half walkthrough yeah i'm like i'll still anything yeah three three and a half four i'd still bet what did they do price point i remember distinctly when the rams chiefs game got moved from from mexico back to la that game went from two and a half to three and a half Mm -hmm. did they cancel the two and a halves no not everybody not everybody (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's probably the situation we're in where some people might get their pittsburgh bet honored and some might not because Um, because there is some precedent for games moving and the numbers staying. Yeah, this is different, though, because yeah. it's just a date. I love that you brought that location. up. That was one of my biggest wins in NFL regular season of all time because I had uh, yeah, I had both sides of that and yeah. landed on three. And yeah. for a game to have that many points and still be decided by three is insane. Dude, well, that, that game was for, And the way it happened, too, with the misses and the two-point yeah. conversions, yeah. it was like, how is this possibly going to land three? And sure enough, it did. Well, that's and, what we were uh, talking about catch. with with Browns Dallas. It's like, you know, if you like the Cleveland side, are the are the three and the four worth as much now at fifty five and a half as they are for a game that's you know normally lined? And the answer is no, right? I mean, it, th- those points. I mean, you're 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 better off sort of like shooting for variance and betting a money line on either side than you are at the spread because those the three and the four aren't as key when the totals as big. All right, yeah. real strong quick. agree, and I would even ask: Isn't that game kind of a coin flip? Yeah, right. I mean, like, I, I mean, it's it's really tough for me to say, uh, you know, that uh, that the Cowboys are that much better than any team in the NFL right now, let alone one that has you know as many weapons as Cleveland. So well, that's, that's the, a, I agree with you, and I, I did take a little Cleveland money line this well, week too, especially where especially where Dallas struggles, which is linebacker without Lee and Vanderesh. I mean, Cleveland's running backs are like legit good, you know, and, and even but Dallas even, struggles everywhere. Yes, yeah, right, and and Odell, and I mean, and the other thing is, you know, as far as the totals concerned, as it correlates with the spread, Mayfield's a turnover guy, right? So, so, yes. so it might be another situation again where, like, you might you might yeah, think kind of chunky, yeah, you might throw a you might throw a pick six at the end, and you thought you were covering the number, and it, you end up losing by eleven. It's like, well, I wish I would have just embraced variance and gone with the money line and lost that instead. But oh, that's a good point. Um, I'm going to get my team in here because I love this question. I said the Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl and uh yeah oh, wow, what's what's one team so here's the team that I was the most wrong on this year um the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> no I, I I still think Dallas wins that division going away yeah but you have their over no I have I have Philly oh, under Jesus, so do I Philly under nine and a half was <laughs> Philly's another one a, we were right on we had them eight wins um but here's one that I'm that I was pretty wrong on, and I I was gonna say Buffalo, but I think it's I think it's Detroit. I I can, giving up already. I continue to waving the flag. Man, the, 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 the coach of the year the coach of the year award is the caught good variance award, and is sure to be fired yeah. in a year and a half. Um, and I figured that there was enough talent on Detroit to overcome some of the things. Um, that they that they have you know deficiencies as far as coaching uh, as far as on the defensive side of the ball, you know Kenny Galladay's injury I think has really impacted it, but we still haven't seen the Lions be that down the field exciting team that they were prior to Stafford's injury last year. So that's the one I think I'm the most wrong on. 
Uh, you're, you're not alone. The entire universe yeah. was early and often on Detroit. Like that, that everybody I know has like a big Detroit to win the NFC North ticket and Detroit to make the playoffs. And I think, uh, I mean, we talked about that. Like you said, on the pinnacle pod, we talked about the play calling up there, just completely stymieing an offense that could be really good. So maybe you weren't wrong on the, on the roster, but you're wrong on what the coaching is deciding to do with that team. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, so that, and you know, a lot of the, the angle for why you take the lines in the North anyway, was because every, it seemed perceptibly, yeah, perceptively everyone took a step back and, you know, you're right about the draft industrial complex kind of shading people's opinions about teams when that's like a three-year arc, not a, you know, not, mm-hmm. not a three-month arc. Um, but for sure, uh, you know, the Packers are absolutely, uh, you know, as dangerous as they were last year, if not better. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's not looking good for Lions North. Um, for me, the most wrong was probably the Bills. And it's and and you know and, and I have an alt under on the Bears. I don't feel like I was wrong about that. I feel like they're yeah. pretty fluky that they're at three and zero right now. But um, I was wrong on the Bills mostly just because I didn't understand what their team was going to look like at all. Like I, my perception coming into the season was this is a team that's going to have a strong defense, and if they get anything out of Josh Allen, then maybe they contend and win a playoff game in the AFC. Right? Like I, that, that was like their ceiling. Right? Mm-hmm. And and in reality. Like, I have huge questions about the way this defense is performing. Massive, massive uh, downgrade so far, given what we've seen from them uh, in just in terms of performance level. Um, and uh, they can't generate much of a run game. Um, their offense is this dynamic passing offense now, thanks to Dable and, you know, a slight improvement in uh, Josh Allen's, um, you know, accuracy. And nice it's, uh, it's like there. a totally different team than I had any concept of before the season started, where now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm worried about them you know, I wouldn't lay the three, for instance, or it looks like this is going to three and a half. I wouldn't lay the three and a half against the Raiders this weekend just because I'm not sure they can protect that lead. Um, you know, this is, this is not, you know, they don't have, uh, you know, quite the strong enough defense. They don't have quite a, a good enough run game to put away a comfortable lead like we saw last week, 28 to three. Uh, you know, you got the Rams on the ropes and you let them back in. Like, that was shocking. Well, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're a great well. example. Of- yeah. Really bad. So it's just like the entire fabric of the Bills as sort of like who they are and what their identity is has totally changed for me in, in just a matter of a couple of weeks. They're a great example of some of the things that, you know, you guys and we have talked about, you know, how valuable one wide receiver is, especially when he's paired with two guys that they acquired last year in Beasley and John Brown. That it just changes the complexion of the offense, right, George? And mm-hmm. and the other thing on defense Tredavious White's awesome. Their two safeties are great, but their linebackers were banged up last week. They they were basically sticks in mud. And then their their other cornerback position, their other two cornerback positions are huge question marks. To you guys' yeah. point, that they're they're being you know exploited by the Rams' offense. I will say, and uh, to relent a little bit, Allen's passer rating when under pressure is one twenty one. His passer rating when clean is one eighteen point nine. The one eighteen point nine is what we didn't expect. The one twenty one is just noise. Yeah. So yeah. when I when I look at this team moving forward, I still think that Diggs and the wide receivers provide a floor that the Bills have never had. But I don't know if Allen. I mean, they're they're averaging point three seven expected points per pass play, and that's if that regresses, like it's going to be tough for them against you know the chiefs for example coming up two games against new england i i don't i don't think it's like you said with the lions i don't think we're i'm i'm quite ready to bury this yet i will also say this about yeah, the whole defense thing in a weird way on that one yeah I, I, so i was thinking about this cuz like everyone's talking about how the seahawks defense sucks it's like look if you have a big lead the opposing teams are going to throw the ball to try to get back into it 
You know, are you making another Falcons excuse? <laughs> Team I was most wrong about every year for the last three years, the Atlanta Falcons. No, nobody can figure out the Falcons. You should not the, feel bad yeah. about that. If the Falcons had either a head coach or a competent run game, they're two and one at, at the worst right now. Man, they had Kyle Shanahan and they let him go. But but to the you know to your guys' oh, point, man. like the Ooh, Bills. Ouch. Ooh, I know, man. I know. The the Ooh. Bills defense being good is also a function of the way they've played the game. When now they're opening it up and running play action 42% of the time and scoring 30 points and a half, your defensive numbers are going to look bad because the other team's going to go YOLO ball and score some points. Same thing's happening to the Seahawks. So to me, that's just emphasis on, hey, offense is what drives the, drives the car here. Um, Andy, what, what was the team that you were the most wrong on? It's funny. We, we talked about this a little um, on the podcast last night, we did it early this week because Drew's on vacation soon. But uh, the so the podcast power numbers that Drew derived from the look ahead lines, I you know mine weren't exactly on with this, but it's funny if you looked at those, these numbers had Philly ranked higher than Seattle by a half point. Shit. Just the the true power numbers that came out, and uh, probably Seattle. Like I was I was cold on Seattle. They've looked great. There, there's you know there's still some some things to be desired in some of the matchups they had. Although, I mean, I, I thought the Patriots were going to run them a little. Drew took uh, the other side of that. It got a little dicey at the end. I want to see this going one. forward. <laughs> Obviously, everything they're doing on offense is completely unsustainable. But at the same time, like, I probably had them rated too low. I had Philly lower. But it's just funny when I went back and looked at, like, the numbers we derived from the power rankings. Like, everybody had – the market had Seattle way low and obviously Philly too high. I'd say – yeah, probably the the whole a, NFC West, and you know, you you look at just over the course of the three weeks and all the teams, like there's a lot where I feel like, you know, was I really wrong in this team, or was it the injuries? Because there's so many injuries yeah. to so many teams, so it's it's hard to like grade your takes and like the Niners, even even Philly to a, a certain extent. There's been just important injuries all over, so and that's that's like my my cop out for some of my takes. Like, oh, injuries, I, I can't I can't predict those. That's also Eric's cop out whenever we play basketball at the Cincinnati YMCA. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having the shin thing. <laughs> um, my splints. <laughs> We haven't played basketball Dude, it's been in so, so long. I can't. Yeah, it's I, brutal. I, George it's is missing, open, by the way. George is missing basketball so bad that he can't wait to lose to me again. What's which my, is, which what is, would you say my all time record against? Yeah, you you're is? probably seventy percent against me. I think that's low. The team, but 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 the thirty percent is <laughs> the thirty percent will drive Those George. Are... <laughs> George is known to throw a basketball against the ceiling when I, when he loses to Kick, old throw, dad bod me punch. But, you know. I would say my point differential is pretty spectacular because when I do lose, they're hard. They're well, hard yeah, I'm like Robert Ory out there. I win. <laughs> I win the games, the close games, and yeah, I give up on the the, the other. The here's other games. the here's the team I was most wrong on, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, yeah, this one's a good one. The I did not. I was really worried about Sean McVay adapting what he has been doing for so long, especially because of what we heard coming out of that whole you know segment of the uh, of the NFL which is they don't believe that Jared Goff can throw kind of this quick game look stuff because his delivery is kind of slow and they have done a really nice job pivoting to a play action based scheme that still allows for short throws which is very Shanahanian right 
like Jimmy Garoppolo's a dot is six and a half. It's not that he's checking down. They're still running a ton of play action. It's just that they're creating these shorter throws and giving guys a chance to run after the catch. This will blow your guys freaking minds. Yak per reception. Jared Goff. 7.4. Well, we were talking on the... <laughs> Are you kidding me? His, his PACR, the, the percentage of basically the, the air yards, you know, denominator, the real yards. It's you one explain point, that well. It's like one point... Yeah, well, I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm lost for words here. 1.7 or something. So every air yard he throws gets turned into 1.7 actual passing yards. Do you think... Well, the, and that's a noisy-ish number. Here's the other thing about the Rams. I, I'm going to try to be more fair, I think, to your take. They beat the Eagles, who stink. I mean, yes. they're awful. The the Dallas Cowboys, I feel like that game... Fatally flawed. Yeah. Fa- that game could have been one or the other way, depending upon how that fourth down went. And then they lost to the Bills in a game where they got behind by... I mean, it takes some skill to get behind 28-3. The comeback was nice, for sure. I was not expecting the comeback. Yeah. The, the comeback was nice, and they lost on a bullshit call. Well, and but the, and their schedule gets really easy relatively soon. I mean, we have them with a, a a harder than average schedule, but it's not until the middle of the season before it gets really hard. The, the funny thing is, I could be. I feel like I will be wrong about this team in the sense that I thought they could be really bad, but I could still be right in that they could be the fourth best team in this division. That's how good this yeah. division is, right? What's their point <laughs> differential? Plus a hundred. <laughs> you know, the, like yeah, the NFC West uh, benefits by playing the NFC East, though. And they've played them a lot already. Yeah. <laughs> the NFC East is historically horrible. Right. And it's the Jets and the Giants are so bad. I do have this. This is a take, though, that the Bills and the Patriots, to me, are both in the top six in the NFL. Ooh. I can't get I on board with, with that. that. I know. I know you can't. Uh, um, here's a question. Uh, top eight. How I, know, I would say, yeah, I would say top ten. Top yeah. eight, top yeah. ten. Yeah. yeah. Top ten for sure. You guys love the Saints, huh? How? No. No. <laughs> Boy, so what would we? Two what, years. Finally, after two years, other people are catching up to Drew Brees has a dead arm. I don't know what yeah. the hell. So well, you guys, I was you guys right had about a great, that too. You guys had a great take last year, which was which I thought was going to play out. It didn't end up because of the Vikings, as they do, f- messing everything up. But you know, when when he had to sit out the five five weeks, like you guys had a great take that that would that would extend his effectiveness now it did until like what week 17 he had a great game against carolina mm-hmm. and then against the vikings noodle arm came out and and he couldn't you know throw the ball over anderson deo's head but the you know that was i thought a great take and and now we're starting to see like if you want to have to watch 16 games of this noodle for like i don't know if he's going to make it but where do we have we had new england at six and we have buffalo at nine i think that's fair yeah I'm buying a little bit more into the scheme of Buffalo and that being sustainable. Buffalo is low-key one of the most analytically sound teams in the NFL. Yeah, like I trust what McDermott has going on there. And yeah, I know that his play under pressure is going to regress. But um, I also also just don't think there are a lot of really good teams out there. Yeah. Like I think almost every team has a flaw. And, um, you know, there's no, there's not the a middle this. class is disappearing. Yeah. Right. Right. What, what, how do how has COVID-19 affected you guys this betting so far this year? Good question. Uh, oh. I go, I'll go first. On this. <laughs> we killed uh, it. Well, the, during the actual pandemic, when there was no sports going on, that was the most impossibly high ROI I've ever had in my life. And it wasn't close. Like I'll never go through another stretch like that again, because we had just, everything was information based and we were getting information faster than other people and just absolutely crushing the market. The virtual Kentucky Derby. 
the virtual Kentucky Derby, we knew who won before they broadcast it. The, uh, the ESPN uh, did the um, NBA 2K uh, player oh, tournament. I, I remember, those I remember that be. one, yeah. Yeah, it, th- that stuff was just absolutely ridiculous. It was so... The draft. Uh, the dra- oh, the draft. Man, Whew, the draft was one of the best highest ROI weeks of my life and it wasn't close that was such such you know um one of our good friends uh tipped me off to um uh 50 to 1 first kicker field on day three of the draft and uh I was like yeah what the heck like yeah Rodrigo you know who was the Rodrigo he the was guy like minus Blankenship he was minus 380 he, he was enormously a odds-on favorite and it was like yeah you can't really kick long field goals and you knew the patriots needed a kicker and they'll do something crazy and sure enough they take the uh the alt right guy and, uh, he was in the field at 50 to 1 i didn't know uh, what the tat, ra- tat was crazy <laughs> yeah that was absolutely crazy um but uh you know at, but but what it's doing to me now um is completely ruining my life because there are so many sports on right now and it is exceptionally hard to handicap the nba finals the french open and week four of the nfl in the same season i have had enough of this i'm like super ready for a break uh and um it's uh it's you know you have to make tough decisions because you know you spread yourself thin you do a poor handicap on you know three sports you're gonna lose you're gonna lose your ass Right, and that that's the hard part is when you get these like we're we're learning this like we have a player props tool that's you know done fairly well, but it's one of those where if you misprice a, an NFL game, right, and all your props are a cascading you know correlation to that, then you can get buried in just one game, right? Because yeah. you know if you if you have a total off by four points, and now you're you're betting unders on all these games, and the game goes over by twenty points, like it, it like you said, Drew, it, you could you could you could lose your ass in a game you know conversely if you get it right then you know it's obviously great but it's harder to do that the more you know plates you're trying to spin what have you guys done with home field advantage i know you guys talked about it on your show when drew you did the just sort of like the matrix model where you look at all the look ahead lines and and you you guys found that the market was pricing in home field advantage at a, at a normal rate what have you guys been doing with that it's it's low. I like if you look at last year, and you can kind of just suss it out from where the lines went. It it went down like throughout the season at kind of a rate that was higher than I guess we expected. Is it just uh, I don't know how that happens in just like one year if if the the information that betters are putting into the market is is what's feeding that. And I, th- I think a lot of that was as just like we joked about it every week like home field is dead it's gone and you know there was one wild ass regression week where uh, home teams went like you know it was with buys i suppose so it was like 12 and 2 home teams covered and it regressed because it it was such an unsustainable rate but where it ended last year is probably where it needed to pick up like full just prior starting the season like point and a half like the, the three point thing is dead you know people back in the day would say you know maybe seattle at night with the crowd that's a three and a half like did you just i don't know if we'll ever get to that point again and i, I think i think somebody needs to write a whole paper on this because i'm not sure if it's a bunch of tiny little factors then you know people talk about coaches that are getting better with travel plans and making sure the you know making sure you know using technology i don't know if they're just using these watches that track all their you know their body rhythms and everything making sure they're getting the proper rest when they're traveling because not much of it was the fact that you're playing with the other fans booing you like that that affects a little bit of ref bias but it was it's the travel it's the losing a little bit of practice time and all that so i think i mean drew where are you point 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 and a half I, yeah I, in some I mean, places I, it's gone yeah 
I would also say it's important to kind of, you know, like frame it in the right context, which is home field advantage is always about like an ad, an added win probability. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a different point depending on what the line is. Right. And so people kind of look and it's like, wow, two, oh, it's two and a half. Like obviously, well, no, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, six seven eight percent you know historically going, yeah going from you know, 11 to 13 what's that's not the same yeah, exa- as one to three yeah exa- yeah yeah exactly and it so doesn't start to, at zero to, to the de- and then yeah, go exactly. home field first and then everything else after that's a great point. right right and so um you know i'm i'm pretty close to negligible at this point in terms of the home field advantage i'm using in my mo- neg- negligence <laughs> i made that joke made that mistake <laughs> last night i'm pretty much negligible across all home field advantage with a couple of you know small exceptions like my adjustment to uh the rams win probability last week was significant because they had to make two trips across the country, you know, back and forth from the West Coast to the East Coast. That's not trivial. Um, and, you know, similarly, I think you have to take a serious thought to um, upgrading certain, uh, you know, road field advantage, for lack of a better word, for situations like the 49ers. Yep. Um, the fact that they got to spend the full week in West Virginia, the whole team was basically like a mini training camp for one week. No other team has that. Right. And, you know, that really helped them, I think, navigate some of the really brutal injuries. Um, and we saw them do it last year, too. The Niners did it twice last year where they spent an extended week on the road. The whole team stayed together and they came out and gave you a full performance in every aspect of the game. Uh, and uh, I think you have to start taking that seriously when you have that information. And, you know, there was a bunch of teams that requested back to back road games across the country this year. And they all um, got and it. The NFL, yeah. they, they, the NFL gave it to them. Uh, and now, you know, the Rams get, you know, the Rams get uh, swerved by, you know, the COVID rules. And it's going to be, you're going to have to follow that information because if teams are able to uh, kind of manifest that as an advantage when they're on those road, you know, road trips, you know, we've got a bunch coming up. Uh, Cardinals going back to back, you know, from Carolina to uh, New Orleans, I think. Uh, and then, um, or I can't remember where they go next, but the Cardinals have two East Coast uh, swing the Chargers have an East Coast swing this this next two weeks, um, and uh, if they have to go back and forth across the country, it's going to really really uh, hamper them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, would you would you say home field is, is situational now? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's the thing. It, you can zeros the the you know the bottom, and it's situational from there. Yep that that's yeah. the thing is you you have to put all them in a, all the variables together. And once that once all those are sussed out, as you guys talked about on your show, you know the Cincinnati line being like what they were like plus one against San Francisco week two last year, and it's like yeah. it's a disaster when you don't factor in all those situations. Um, okay, we have to go you know relatively soon here, George. What game? What game do we want to break down with? We, well, we already talked about Cleveland Dallas. We a talked bit. about some of these. I'm curious. Do you want to break a tie between the two of us? Yes, this is what I want to do. So so New England goes to Kansas City. It was at four o'clock. Four four twenty five yes. the the Buck and Aikman game, um, Buck and Aikman. This is Nance and Romo. Yeah, every single year tier in their, three in their Christmas stocking. This game tier three. three. Um, okay, so what do you guys what do you guys think about this game? We were surprised at the market, weren't we? <laughs> we? We thought the market would react differently after Monday, but yeah, the, yeah. the points here for sure. Yeah, I okay. guess my, my thought, uh, you know, realistically, and you know, I've made this point a couple times, and it's some of it is narrative-y, so bear with me. Uh, but uh, the Patriots and Bill Belichick, kind of the guys that I feel like have um, the pseudo blueprint to limit Mahomes. Um, I feel like you saw it in the AFC title game two years ago. Uh, first half, they came out and they specifically played keep away. 
Uh, and then when, you know, Mahomes finally got his chance after, you know, putting him on ice for an entire half, um, you know, the Patriots tried to counter speed with speed in the secondary. Um, they tried to contain him in the pocket, make him kind of go through his reads instead of letting him break out of the pocket and make plays, uh, you know, outside, um, either, you know, you know, gaining yards on the ground or, you know, hitting home runs with the, uh, you know, with the, the deep ball. So um, Mahomes is so good uh, when he escapes pressure that you basically just have to force him to stay in the pocket, I think. And Belichick knows this. And Belichick put on a master class last week, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he absolutely, uh, you know, he nailed Derek Carr to the wall. He's like, we're going to give you inside pressure. We're going to force you to try to make the check down play. And we're going to double the guy uh, who is the, you know, who has been identified as the check down. And it was superlative to see that, you know, play out to perfection. And he's making a lot out of this, uh, you know, Patriots defense that's missing so many players in the, in the, uh, in the front seven, but they are still exceptionally talented, especially as it, you know, pertains to speed uh, in the backfield. Uh, and I'm actually like in the back of my head, I'm, I'm waiting for, this game to be kind of like the Kyle Duger breakout game, you know, like he's kind of like had him like just watching film on Mahomes for like the entire eight weeks so far that the Patriots have had organized team activities. He has him uh, in his he's lab. He's basically gonna 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 set him uh, set him loose so that uh, uh, he can you know wreak havoc against Mahomes in this one. So George is yeah. is is as happy as a clam right now I, because I let me make my one point to just back up what Drew is saying because he he says it perfectly. In games where Patrick Mahomes has played the Patriots, he has a PFF grade of 63. That's not great. In games where he has played a team not named the New England Patriots, he has a PFF grade of 95. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be terrible. That's but, a big difference, Eric. But that's a big difference. Yeah. They did cover the one time on that Sunday night <laughs> game where they came back from behind. I would say this. Belichick is really good at stopping Patrick Mahomes for half a game. I'll give him that. So the first half, Patriots boner first half. is coming. Patriots out first half, then. Yeah, Patriots first half of the the Sunday night game in eighteen. They were terrific. Yes, yeah. first half of the AFC title game, masterful. But second half, not not so much. And then last year, the Chiefs beat them outright on the road. I don't know. I I, I tend to like look. I I try to not lead us down the Chiefs path because I I am so biased mm. towards them. Um, which is why I advise to lay off. But our, our models do like the Patriots plus the points. So you, you guys are, are, are the confirmation bias you gave George there. Uh, I need to fill this. He, he just he you can see him betting more on it just now. Here's a couple they can do anything, do anything like the Chargers did. And, you know, don't yeah. think the Patriots are afraid to change what they do on defense, especially what they have, like, what, six, seven, eight guys opted out. So it's going to take yeah. a few weeks for this defense to get back, you know, where and it does it every year. It takes, uh, you know, three, four weeks for them to get where they need to be on defense. And it always seems to work out. They have the coaching staff and the, they're, they're flexible. They, they're, yeah. Like they they didn't have a pass rush last year, and they figured out the rotation to get some semblance of a pass rush by just yeah. using whoever they had. You know, the opt outs suck, but at the same time, I think this defense, if they if they can do anything similar, like just don't blitz them. Do I mean they the Chargers aren't good, and they yeah. still gave you they gave you the absolute game plan for what you need to do on defense. Uh, and a little bonus too, James White back in practice today, he makes a difference on the offense. And I really, I really think this offense is going to continue to ascend as they just build it around. I mean, similar to what we saw with Baltimore last year, build your offense around the strength of a quarterback, and you're going to have good results. Yeah. Uh, it sucks because you know, fuck the Patriots, but they're probably <laughs> going to be good again. Plus, I'll, just to add one real quick thing, the Chiefs' defense played up 
against the Ravens. That was a yeah. that was and they played up. Uh, and whether you're going to get a repeat performance out of that is tough ask, uh, especially on a short week. Uh, Chris week. Jones, Chris Jones banged up. Rashad Breeland still suspended. Legarius Sneed took a got a shoulder. Uh, you know, there's there is enough um, you know kind of chinks in the armor here for the uh, for the uh, Chiefs defense overall that uh, this might not even come down to what the Patriots can do to stop Mahomes. What are the Chiefs going to do to stop the Patriots? Cam Newton, baby. He's back. All right, Two fine. former MVPs going at it. George, George, George wins this battle. We, we. I'm by gonna the come way, in. I'm going to come in Sunday night with a cam outfit. We, we. By the way, you guys, <laughs> oh, you, guys you guys are getting this information first. Our, our bet of the week was Ravens minus 13 in Washington. Uh, I love that. I like that better. But yeah, I mean, at least we have two. We both, we, we have both two. have that ticket too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be nice. Guys, we need to uh, we need to make this a regular habit. Yeah, this is fun. This was a, a lot, lot of fun. fun. Um, Andy, Drew, the Whale Capper Pod, everyone should go subscribe and listen. We do, and uh, it helps us out. So I, I would just ask one thing. The next time that we do this, if you could refrain from showing me fucking California, <laughs> I would appreciate it. Either invite me out there. I'll or find a nice dark. If room. we could do it, turn the lights low. It'll it'll look it'll be gray. Yeah. You have to tease us with beautiful downtown Cincinnati. Yeah, oh god, well, or whatever man. that is. We we might have to ask Chris for an on 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 uh, once COVID's over, we could do an on-site uh, crossover pod uh, somewhere in the great state of California. Wow, wouldn't that I be love hilarious? It. I love awesome. it. That sounds like fun, man. Thanks Uh-oh. for having us. This We've is, got the man, yeah, really on, the man, the myth, the legend. One is second, here. Chris is Chris is slid into two podcasts in one in one day. <laughs> I walked come, by for one come, second. Come around, and Chris. I hear all the noise. My name. I've got you guys are sitting too low. You're supposed to be sitting higher. And they're they're bad mouthing Cincinnati. Unbelievable. 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 <laughs> What's up, guys? This that is, is Drew and Drew and Andy from the the Whale Capper podcast. We're talking a little gambling, a lot of fun. In case you didn't know, this is Chris Collinsworth. How are you guys? Oh, I saw him the way he, the way he slid in. You can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was unmistakable. That's my big move. All right, gentlemen, we appreciate it. Uh, be well. Yeah, thanks for having us. Good luck this week. Yeah, and we'll see you guys soon. Of course, keep up the great work.